0: Nothing captures the human mind quite like love. It makes us sick. It makes us blind. It makes us crazy. It makes us pine and grieve and rage, and yet, chase it. There is no other possible disaster we run toward with such furious and determined speed. Why? Because we know in our hearts that when it works, there is nothing better. No drug in the world is more potent than love and some people will go to extremes to get a fix. Now you might be thinking of how special a grand gesture can be, and how we would all love to be on the receiving end of one, but this is not that kind of story. Sometimes, love takes a dark turn, and we find ourselves thinking of not what we would do, but what we wouldn't do. For Carl Tanzler, the answer was nothing. Nothing could keep him from love. Not even death. I'm Holly.
1: I'm Leslie and
0: we would be dead. hear like a a spooky yucky story i suppose (laughs) i guess that's why we're here today (laughs) you look very ready (laughs) but this one is it's it's valentine's week oh yeah so it'll be a little love yeah it's romantic okay Okay. in like a super gross kind of way but that's fine right it's the best kind of love (laughs) gross love (laughs) gross love Uh, Mm. oh that was a book i would read that book
1: yeah well, maybe we'll make a book. Gross,
0: gross if we love. get more subscribers, like and subscribe, and we'll write "Gross Love." Yeah. <laughs> then just we can read it, and it'll yeah, be great. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> so today we're talking about doctor, not a doctor, mm. Carl Tansler.
1: like Doctor Phil. Is he? He's not a real doctor, right? No, he's a he's a doctor. Is he? Is he now? Or I, I was think he so. Honest? I didn't know he was ever not a doctor. I remember that being a thing. But go
0: on. <laughs> to look that up now <laughs> dr phil comments somewhere in our lives yes. whether dr phil is an actual doctor and i'm pretty sure he is <laughs> but if he's not like it's gonna rock my world yeah so cool <laughs> <laughs> uh but carl tensor 100 was not a doctor I'm at kidding. all but he has reported as such and we'll find out why later he was born on february 8th in 1877 in dresden germany and had what we will start out by calling an extremely active and fanciful imagination. Oh,
1: fancy yeah. man.
0: He was basically a complete and total nutbag. And lots of people who are complete and total nutbags begin their journey as eccentric or creative or weird assholes who make up titles for themselves. <laughs> like Dr. Phil. I guess. Yeah, like Dr. <laughs> Phil. I'm so sorry, Dr. Phil, please I don't sue us. <laughs> he was my favorite, so <laughs> I apologize. We say I believe you. <laughs> but we digress. It should be noted that um, Tansler goes by a lot of different names. He's Dr. Carl Tansler, Just Carl Tansler, Count Carl von Kosel. Carl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was the right way to say it.
0: Carl. Carl. (laughs) I think for this, for our purposes, we're just going to call him Carl because he has so many names that it makes it a lot easier and it's, like a little more fun. And you don't want your accent to come out with Tanzler. No, I do say Tanzler because we're from New Jersey. I'm sure if I was like more proficient in German, it would be Tansler. Tanzler. <laughs> Maybe you get the German words from now on. I am German. Oh, well, then there you have it. I'm not. Yes. So now all the German belongs to Leslie. Great. Careful. <laughs> <Wonderful>. uh, <laughs> as a child, he started calling himself Count Karl von Kosel. We have no reasons why. He okay. just picked it. He liked it. It's a solid name. Yeah, it's pretty solid. And when he was around 12, he started saying he had visions of his ancestor, Countess Anna Konstantina van Kossel, mm. who revealed to him the face of his true love, a beautiful woman with pale skin and dark eyes and dark hair.
1: This sounds really nice,
0: actually. Oh, just wait. It's like such a fairy tale. It sounds like Snow White a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. It's not. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But he fixated on the image of this woman that she was made for him and he was going to find her and that was going to be, yeah, it really does sound like a fairy tale yeah. so far. So on the outside of World War I, somewhere around 1915, the story lacks a lot of concrete dates in the beginning, just they're kind of there. Carl was interned in Trial Bay Jail. In New South Wales, Australia, and jail is spelled the old-timey way, Ooh. G-A-O-L, <laughs> which I love. Nerd. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of that going to happen. <laughs> Trial Bay jail was used to inter uh, war prisoners with social standing. So they weren't really soldiers or anybody who did anything. They were upper middle class people. And it wasn't really a harsh sentence. If you look at pictures, which we will post on our social media, it's, it's beautiful. It's like off the coast of Australia with crystal blue waters. It's a stone structure. Um, Prisoners were not confined during the day. They were free to fish or swim or play tennis. Wow.
1: I know. This is like a great start to a love story. It's a
0: vacation. Yeah. Or engage in social activities. And I'm pretty sure this is where he started referring publicly to himself as Count von Kossel.
1: Yeah, I think I would come up with a really high with an awesome name. society name <laughs> if I was staying in a place like that. Same.
0: It's like a spa retreat. Yes. Maybe we should go to a spa retreat and call, our, call ourselves fancy princess names. Okay. I like that idea. We'll go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, And he loves an opportunity for reinvention, and this was a perfect one. The jail also had opportunities to participate in work activities at established businesses so prisoners could get what might otherwise be a really costly trade education. They could learn to weld, make furniture, shoemaking, gardening, lots of things. Again, this is not a terrible place to be. There were several high-end places to eat. They had boxing and chess clubs. They ran a newspaper and they had a stage complete with an orchestra like, sign me the fuck up. Yeah. I want to go. However... Carl thought that he was still a prisoner, though he prisoner. That was fun. (laughs) Fine. He thought he was still a prisoner, so he wanted to escape, like a daring escape, because again, he's got this crazy fanciful imagination. So he did just that. He he escaped in a sailboat. Also very (laughs) fancy of him. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I imagine he had like a little captain's hat. Yeah. I wonder why he wasn't like Captain I won't Carl. won't do it unless I have a captain's Stop. hat. Me neither. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure security wasn't nuts in this jail either if he just I mean, sailed yeah, away.
1: Because for a jail, that sounds really nice. It's open too. Also, I'll put up pictures.
0: It's okay. it's not – it doesn't look like a jail.
1: Did, I mean, was there any um, – did they speak of anything that they had to do? Like any um, – There was like some
0: work labor type of stuff, okay. but not really. They were really just keeping them away. Okay, so they seemed like prisoners of war, and they um, were confined at night. Okay, into, I guess a cell, but I'm imagining it wasn't too difficult to be in. Okay, I don't think he was that uncomfortable. Right, so he sailed back to his his mother in Germany, and the dates here are still a little hazy. But the jail closed as an internment camp in 1918. So sometime around then is when Count von Creepy spent some time there. He later went on to like wildly exaggerate his daring rescue (laughs) for the Rosicrucian (laughs) Times in 1934. And he mentions that he bought an island and just played the organ a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a creepy count thing to do. It is. Yeah. He's really setting himself up here, isn't he? (laughs) I'm on my own private island and I play the organ like the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. That's what he said. He liked, he played the organ all the time. He actually did have several, but he did not have a private yeah. island. That's well, it.
1: you know, if anybody owns a private island, it's usually not a good
0: thing. <laughs> no.
1: Unless he didn't steepers. kill himself.
0: You can cut that out. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> Keep that in. I'm about it. I didn't arrive there originally with you, but I'm, I'm there now. It's <laughs> all I was thinking of. I love it. So, this is beginning to paint a nice picture of what kind of crazy. Carl was. He was like the shiny kind of crazy, like a confetti cannon of bullshit. Just spread it all around. <laughs> I love that. You like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wrote things down this week. Good. <laughs> <laughs> After Carl returned home to his mommy, he married Doris Schaefer in 1920, and the pair had two children, Aisha, I believe is how you pronounce her name. If I'm wrong, someone will tell me in 1922, and Clarista in 1924. And it should be noted that Doris was, was not, like, the beautiful woman from Carl's vision. Yeah, I was wondering, what did she look like? Um, there are no pictures of poor Doris. She gets no... Nobody wanted pictures. <laughs> I, <guess> not- <laughs> I feel bad for Doris. Um, because she just doesn't get the kind of attention other people did.
1: You know what? I'm going to guess that it was probably for the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Agreed, 100%. (laughs) He just kind of gave up on his visions and got married because he figured that's what life is supposed to be like. When you're ready to give up, just (laughs) get married. Just get married. Good message. It's a nice message, Carl. (laughs) It should be noted that his marriage certificate lists him as Carl Tansler and his wife and children were Tanslers as well. Okay. So for those reasons, that was his last name, though he doesn't keep it forever. Hmm. In 1926, Carl emigrated to the United States, and he was listed on his immigration papers as Count Carl von Kosal. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's why we just call him Carl. Make up your damn yep. mind. His family joined him shortly after, and the Chancellor settled, settled in Zephyr Hills, Florida. Everything is so fancy in this story. <gasps> I know. I love the name I is wanted Zephyr to Hills. be happy not okay it's not happy but you know what go along for the ride it's gonna be fine with you (laughs) i'm here for it carl could never settle for a life that simple so well he eventually grew tired of his lame-ass wife and family and began fixating on his dream woman again okay we're back to that cool so at this point i'm going to set in for just like a little reality check and i have to remind everyone that carl has received no medical training at all Mm. none I'm as much of a doctor and a count, for that matter, as he is. All right. So maybe call me Dr. Count from now on. Van Halle. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Von Halle. I'm going to change my name <laughs> eight times to that. <laughs> so in 1927, Carl up and just, like, leaves his family. Bye. To accept a job as a radiology technician at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida. Also a lovely location. Yes. You could captain a boat, hang out. Little Jimmy Buffett. Play your organ. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> His wife was apparently nonplussed by this. She was like, okay that's, okay, that's fine. You can leave. I imagine being rid of a crazy, pretentious Sigmund Freud lookalike, because he, look, he looked like Sigmund Freud. He oh, looks yeah. real crazy. We have pictures. Who occasionally pretended to be Italian royalty was a bit of a relief. So take a break, Doris. He sounds lovely. He is a delight. <laughs> he just gets better and better. So where, I'm sorry, where did he work again? Key West at the Coast... Coast Guard Hospital, I believe, is what I said. Uh, the US Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida. Okay. Again, like a vacation destination. And how did he – you probably said this. How did he get that job? Did he have – the fake papers or There wasn't or? a lot of training. He was just a tech. Oh, just a and tech. And this is okay. the 30s, so you didn't really need any training for that. He right. was just assisting with x-rays, and I think he probably learned to give x-rays. Yeah. But that's it. He wasn't doing right. any actual medical things. He was that makes just,
1: sense because now you would need a certificate,
0: but before yeah, – then you didn't. You probably didn't. Okay. No. So he works in a hospital now. Mm-hmm. Naturally, he decides he's a doctor. Yes. Cool. So I'm going to get a job cleaning toilets in the White House and be president. There you go. That's how it's done. Yeah, that's how it works. Cool. (laughs) I won't say it. (laughs) I (laughs) know. I I like wrote down and crossed out like 10 things. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Anyway, find your dream job and just work
1: near it and then you're that. That, I think, is actually a great philosophy. I mean, the oh. way he did it seems wrong. Like, it's a little out yeah. there. But that is basically what most people tell you to do. That's true. So.
0: Dress for your dream job. Yeah. Be man. It's fine. A- a- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> for three years, Carl worked at the hospital taking x-rays and just assisting in other minor radiological tasks of the time whatever they were it's not incredibly descriptive what they did but it was probably kind of nutty and on april 22nd 1930 carl Tanzler meets maria elena milagro de hoyos (gasps) is this her it is who sometimes went by helen and who could blame her (laughs) yeah it's a lot (laughs) of names (laughs) But for our purposes, we will continue to call her Elena because that's what she's referred to in most as in most documents. Carl immediately recognizes her as the woman from his childhood visions. Mm. It was her. She has arrived. She was his soulmate, the woman the universe had designed for him. So naturally, he was like really casual about the whole situation. <laughs> I'm just
1: imagining her walking in and the wind blowing her hair and it's very
0: slow. There's <laughs> dreamy music yeah. playing. Yeah, I think that's how it was in his head. But before we get to his reactions to her, let's talk briefly about Elena. Okay. Elena was known locally for being very beautiful. She was of Cuban descent. As I mentioned, she had fair skin and dark hair, dark eyes. She was born in 1909, which makes her a whopping 21 at the time of their meeting. And Carl was 53. Oh. Yeah, which is old enough to be her dad, especially at the time.
1: Okay. So yeah.
0: it's, a little, it's a little more gross now. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was still. I mean, I know that it was that time of that era. I mm-hmm. guess young women would marry older men, so it wasn't crazy, but it was still. It's not what they wanted.
0: Even then, that is a very drastic age gap because yeah. this is the 30s. Right. So the people married young, but not not usually to someone that could be their dad's age, unless it was like some sort of sadly missed type situation. Right? <laughs> Or you're we dying need in goats. poverty, and this guy has goats. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> he had no goats, but a fake doctorate, <laughs> and he was a fake count. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Elena was born to cigar maker Francisco Hoyos, who was three years younger than Carl. Oh, so mm-hmm. she well super gross, yeah, double gross, and her mother's name was Aurora Milagro. These
1: are pretty names. I know,
0: like it's nice. Elena had two older sisters, Florinda, who was born in 1906, which made her 24 at the time, and Celia, born in 1905, making her 25. Hmm. In 1926, at just 17, Elena married Luis Mesa, who left her shortly after she miscarried their first pregnancy and moved to Miami.
1: Fuck him. Yeah, he's an A
0: number (laughs) one super dick. Mm -hmm. We don't like him, but... Apparently, marrying her was the only ner- noteworthy thing he ever did in his whole life, so... Sorry, not sorry.
1: Yeah, I'm not sorry.
0: Bye, Louise. Unfortunately, the reason Elena walked into the hospital at which Carl was pretending to be a doctor was to be diagnosed with tuberculosis. Oh. I know. Mm. That stinks. A horrible disease, which would eventually claim half of her family. Mm. So it tore through at them. At least she didn't think it was Slender Man. She did not. <laughs> Teaser. Teaser. <laughs> Listen to our Slenderman episode. Yeah. You'll know, understand why. <laughs> this devastated Carl because he just found the woman of his dreams and now she has tuberculosis. Bummer. hmm But naturally he thought he should and could be the one to treat her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he loves her. And a fake doctor is perfect for real tuberculosis.
1: Yeah. His love will save her.
0: That's what he thinks. <laughs> I'm
1: excited to find out. <laughs> oh, we're getting we're
0: getting there. Oh. Of course, in the early 1930s, the usual treatments for tuberculosis were just fresh air. The end. Oh. Yeah. So, they, he might do more than that, right? He for sure did more <laughs> than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that was they would just like confine you away to sanatoriums and then make you sit outside a lot even if it was in the freezing cold because they thought that fresh air was what would cleanse you of Yeah. TB. Incorrect what cleanses you of TB is antibiotics. Yeah.
1: Did they have antibiotics? They then? did
0: not have the specific one um, that cures TB back then. It didn't get discovered until I believe 1940. I think it's called yeah. streptomycin. Mm, that makes sense. I did a lot of research, but I did not write that name down. So doctors, you can call me out because a mm-hmm. lot of doctors are going to listen <laughs> yes. to this. We are going to be their number one choice. For sure. Super (laughs) informed. Yeah. I'm a fake doctor as of today because I found out I could be. Yeah. Pretty excited about that. Super. So Carl could not resign Elena to that fate. He told her that he was a doctor again and that he could come to her home and treat her there privately, which is not shady at all. No, that's really convenient. I'm sure everybody did that to all their patients.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, probably if you paid enough, but he just wanted to be paid. This in was love. free. Yeah, <laughs> it was Carl, the woman of his dreams, Holly. I know. What was he supposed to do? <laughs> probably give her fake medicine and pretend to be a doctor. wasn't Was it his grandma that that Ew. helped him figure this out?
0: No, that was his, his fake ancestor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is Focus on a whole lot of reality. I gotcha. Okay. So I'm trying be- <laughs> to make sense of this. <laughs> Don't. There isn't a lot of sense. I just want there to be love. Not from Carl. Oh. Carl. <laughs> Carl began visiting. Al- oh, I already said that. He began to visit Elena in her home and treating her. And I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see that because this is a podcast. <laughs> So he began treating her with things he had just stolen from the hospital, Mm. like medication of the time, elixirs. He would sneak her into the hospital and treat her with x-rays. And that's probably because the only thing he knew how to do in a hospital was operate an x-ray machine. Right. He was like, here's some (laughs) x-rays. You're better. (laughs) Cool. He began to spend more and more time in Elena's home with her and with her family. And they were very grateful to Carl for trying to save their sister and daughter And Elena's symptoms seem to be under control for the time being. Here's the thing with TB. It does occasionally go into like a remission type state. Like it isn't always super active like the dramatic Moulin Rouge moments where they're coughing up blood into a white hanky. That's not always your life. Sometimes you're like a little bit more functional. And I think conveniently that's just Mm -hmm. what was happening. But we can't tell. Maybe x-rays worked. I don't know. And soon after that, Carl began to cross the line into creepery. He would start bringing her personal gifts like perfume and jewelry and began to confess his love to her. He proposed several times and she was, Elena was very polite, but she never returned his affections. Mm
1: -hmm. Poor,
0: poor Carl. Poor creepy dad age (laughs) Carl. Imagine a guy that's like your dad's age. I I don't want, no, don't don't (laughs) do that. one One of Craig's friends. Being in love with you for a hot minute. You don't like that. Because they weren't. I'm just (laughs) kidding. I'm so sorry. Maybe they were. You don't want to think about that. I don't. We're done here. (laughs) Eventually, Elena got uncomfortable enough and had her family dismiss him. Poor Carl. (laughs) However, shortly after they dismissed him, in the worst coincidence ever, Elena's symptoms returned. Yeah, maybe she was cured by love. Who knows? So her family called on Carl once again, thinking that his treatments were helping her. Mm -hmm. Despite all of Carl's best efforts, Elena passed away on October 25th, 1931, making the time that Carl spent with her well under the two-year mark. They didn't have, like, a long amount of living time together. Spoiler alert. Still, he offered to pay for Elena's funeral and erect a private above-ground grave, it's like a little mausoleum, which I will also post a picture of,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for to house her body. Her grief-stricken family just agreed, because who has the kind, that kind of money, like, laying around? Creeps. Creeps have elaborate <laughs> funeral for random pretty women money. That's who does. I know. I was wondering where he got, because that has to be pretty expensive. I don't think he spent the money he made at the hospital on anything. He just lived by himself. True, yeah, so you just was have... he still
1: and he's still technically married, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: okay, with children.-hmm. They're just somewhere else. yeah. they're in Zephyr Hills, living their life, yeah <laughs> probably happy to be rid of him. The only condition Carl had for paying for all of these lovely things for Elena was that he would be given a key to her mausoleum so he could visit her her Family is sad mm-hmm. and broke and agreed, right? I don't know. I can't judge them too much because I don't know what right. I would do. I feel like I'd say no, but
1: yeah. But I guess you were also thinking that he's probably just going to pay his respects, right? You know, they did know that he loved her. Obviously, they did, and so. that and they
0: they believed that he extended her life. Yeah. So I guess they were. Very I would grateful. probably, if
1: I was them, I'd probably be like, oh, all right. I guess that's not.
0: I understand. You did pay for all this stuff and treat her for free for two years, so. Okay, you can bring her flowers once in a while. You can visit her. And visit her he did. Oh, good. Every (laughs) night. Every single (laughs) night. Carl would spend hours, ooh, hours (laughs) at Elena's graveside talking to her, singing her love songs and telling Um, her stories. Stop liking her (laughs) stories. I love a good cemetery romance. <laughs> Don't we all? We'll talk about Mary Shelley sometime. She has a really good one. Okay.
1: I also have a really good personal cemetery love story. Do you? I do. That's where I thought I was going to get engaged or proposed to. John. On two different occasions. That's how many times I thought that I had that experience. That would have been so good. I know. We'll talk about. All
0: right. We'll, we'll get have there. We'll
1: have a, because I have some positive ones, some nice ones. I like it.
0: We'll definitely have an offshoot to this about
1: cemetery love. And they all involve Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe, and Stephen King. I love this. I know. It's in our book, Gross Love. Yes, Gross Love. Trademark.
0: (laughs) So Carl kept up this behavior for two whole years. He visited her every day for two years. But what nobody knew was that he was also secretly preserving her. Yeah, So every visit, he would slowly inject her with embalming type solutions and preservatives that he had stolen from the hospital. He said, (laughs) I know, it's gross. He said Elena's spirit would speak to him from the grave and sing him songs in Spanish. You don't think it's as nice now, do you? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) She also told him that she no longer wished to be in a grave and she wanted Carl to take her away. Oh no. That sounds no. like her, right? That's, yeah. That's what she said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, on a brisk spring night in April of 1933, Carl removed the body of Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos from her grave and brought her to his home using a child's little red wagon. Adorable. Right? Precious. <laughs> Love it. Now let me remind you, ooh, now let me <laughs> remind you that at this point. Elena had been dead for two years. Oh, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's been a while. Even with the preservatives that Carl had slowly been injecting her body with, decomposition was fairly advanced. And the fact that a whole-ass person fit into a radio flyer should give you a little insight into <laughs> how.
1: Okay, now I'm picturing it. First, I was yeah. like, is mm-hmm. she
0: going to be still kind of beautiful? No. Like a Madame Tussauds wax museum Not type yet. of thing? <laughs> nope. No, she was still pretty bendable if you could fit her. Think about how little a child's wagon is. Your le- arms and legs yeah. would be dragging on the ground. She has to be... I mean, I'm little. Mine might foldable. be <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. So that shows you how malleable her body was. Mm. Not to mention the smell. While I've never experienced it myself, I can imagine that two-year-old corpse is not exactly an olfactory delight. I once worked at a place that had a dead possum trapped in the wall for two weeks. True story. Ew. It was... <laughs> So ghastly that I I can't even make a joke about it. It was disgusting. Mm-mm. But odors are no match for terrifying, stocky, one-sided post-mortem love. No siree. Carl soldiered forward. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Carl clearly couldn't just keep her as is. So here's where the aforementioned eccentric and creative take a turn. I need you to, like, get ready for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm settled in. Since Carl was a doctor, because he's a doctor now, much like I am, he decided to do a little science. First, he took apart coat hangers and used them to join together Elena's bones in the places where soft tissue and cartilage had dissolved.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: This also made her poseable, which we will come back to later. Okay. hmm <laughs> If we must. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next, he removed the putrefied internal organs and things in her body. And, and filled get rid of those. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Nobody wants that. <laughs> and filled her body cavity with rags and newspapers. So she was still squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> After that, he created new skin from silk, wax, and plaster of Paris and covered her in it. And he painted her face on. So see, there was wax. There was wax. <laughs> it is ghoulish looking this is the picture i showed leslie i kind of really want to like show her again just to give her a moment and the first time i showed leslie this picture is when we knew that we could do a podcast together (laughs) i
1: i thought she was gonna be beautiful beautiful.
0: i can't Mm, no no mm, mm. that's just a side view no i don't even have the full i will post pictures of elena is that how he pictured her (laughs) in his finally one doesn't want to think that that's it. So after he You're painted nice. her face on top, he then gathered all the hair that had fallen from her rotted scalp and created a wig of sorts. How precious. Yeah. So okay. if you notice, it's just like a tuft of hair on the top of her head. It doesn't like it cascade. Is. It's not. It's, so it's terrible. <laughs> to top it all off, he added two shiny glass eyes to replace what had become of Elena's.
1: Mm-hmm. And voila. I'm like shivering over here.
0: A human doll.
1: Oh, goodness. Of sorts. A squishy human doll.
0: Well, you don't want them to be all stiff. That's no. that's not a person. I want
1: to know. Um, do you have descriptions of the eyebrows?
0: They're dark and painted on, okay. like with paint because <laughs> <laughs> they're startling. They look yeah. like like from the nineties. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they were that brow was popular in the twenties and thirties too, too. That like yeah. thin, per- permanently yeah. startled eyebrow. Yeah she's her features are (laughs) ghastly i you have to look at a picture to really get the full impact of this but you don't have to oh you're gonna though (laughs) so of course elena required constant maintenance you can't just keep like a gross dead body around forever so high maintenance i know Jeez. (laughs) and the smell was still an issue clearly yeah so carl would be seen frequently buying ladies perfume you know what he should have done is stuffed
1: what? the towel. Like he should have soaked the towels and
0: like potpourri kind of things. Here's where your like skincare soap maker stuff. Yeah. is coming out. <laughs> you know what you should do to you smell know, good when you're a yeah. corpse?
1: <laughs> I mean, if he's
0: stuffing her, get it on the inside. You know, it'll come out. That's <laughs> what happens. That sounds logical to me, but I am not a crazy nutbag who thinks I'm a doctor count. Well, if I was there. <laughs> you could have been very helpful. Yeah. And it's a shame you weren't there. You probably would have been loving it. He would have probably had this going for much longer than I'm sure he. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she needed clothes, so he was seen buying ladies' clothes. Neighbor boys would witness him through his window in the evening hours dancing with a lady friend or sitting with her at the table mm. because rotting corpse and dinner. Yes. That's a good combination. <laughs> Maybe he sprayed her at that point. Well, he was also periodically still like treating her with preservatives. Okay. Because he still worked at the hospital at this point. Right. So he had access to that kind of stuff. Can
1: you imagine like, I have to go home now. I have a family to attend to.
0: <laughs> it's not my real family. Yeah. It's this gross corpse that I stuffed full of things. And I love that you said neighbor boys. I don't know why that got me. The neighbor boys. <laughs> the neighbor boys. I don't know why I'm the most disgusted by them eating dinner together either. Yeah. There's so much gross things going on, but the thought of her sitting at the oh, table just with Just imagine dinner. her glass eye popping out. <laughs> Every
1: now and then, into into like, the food.
0: Do yeah. <laughs> You think he ate for two? I think, I bet you he served her a portion and then discarded it later. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact. It's just a supposition. But I mean, I,
1: yeah, you would definitely think he tried to feed her. Probably like a doll. I mean, maybe he didn't say it Ew, like with a mouth. little
0: spoon, like a kid with a baby doll? Yeah. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> it's a love story.
1: Why is the food <laughs> affecting me the most? Gross love. <laughs> maybe we should have called our podcast Gross Love. Maybe that's what the name will be.
0: <laughs> it is, okay, so this is, I hate this. Neighbor boys. Neighbor, <laughs> neighbor boys. Neighbor boys, <laughs> thankfully, did not see this part. It has also been reported, and this was never. I don't want to know. I know, it's. <laughs> It's not okay. And this wasn't substantiated fully. It was reported, then denied, then reported again in the 70s when they re-examined his case. But I'm going to say it anyway. Apparently, he had jury-rigged a way to be intimate with his newly acquired wife with a paper tube. The paper tube. I can't imagine that that didn't, like, chafe. Yeah. But that's really not the weirdest thing happening here, so. No, maybe he... Nope, maybe. Nope, (laughs) (laughs) maybe he a lot of things. But if you think that he was in love with the corpse and preserved her, (laughs) but did not try to have sex with her, oh no, we're all very wrong. Absolutely, one hundred percent did. He was able to live like this with Elena for seven years. Lucky number seven. (laughs) See, it is a love
1: story. There it is. There it is.
0: That's the weirdest thing. The seven years. That's that's the weirdest part. Seven years. That's a really, really long time. Yeah. That's way longer than he knew her in life. Yeah. Just think about that. Rumors started to circulate that he had Elena's body. Like People saw more of it and they started talking about it. People probably saw him in his little red wagon at some point. Um, And they eventually got back to Elena's sister, Florinda. And Florinda is like a badass, and I love her. She heard about it and went directly to his house right away. I love it. I know. <laughs> yes, girl. And she pounded on his door and walked in only to find what had remained of her sister in Carl's bed. Oh, my God. That must have been so horrifying. Yeah. Because I she's, can't. oh, it's so gross. and I know. And she really looks ghoulish. Yeah. And she was very pretty in life.
1: I know. Well, that's what before you showed me that picture, I was imagining a very beautiful wax figure. Okay, her hair still curled
0: like no, wood, her iron, hair is like a like a hat. Curl on it still. The top of her head. It's not. It's, I already posted a picture of Elena being really pretty. There are a couple, and I'll make sure mm-hmm. to post them because she does deserve that. She doesn't deserve to be remembered as she was found. No, it's like a totally different. Absolutely. She's very young too. It's just all sad. Uh... So naturally, Florinda called the authorities right away, and Carl was taken into custody. He was evaluated and found mentally competent. Yeah. I. Well, he's a doctor. <laughs> I, I think that that's debatable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that psychiatry was as developed in 1930 as it is now, but for history's sake, he's just a fanciful ass hat.
1: Right. He probably just knew how to talk out of his yeah. ass
0: hat. <laughs> Which he made from hair. Stop! <laughs> <It's a sock laughs> in tubes. <laughs> oh my god! Ew. <laughs> Carl was charged with wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. Things were so much more fanciful in the thirties. We would never word was it this that. Was this in way the out. newspaper? Like that, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. But the charges were dropped due to the statute of limitations, because it's seven years. Are you kidding? But not. it's like a continued No, but the act Oh. of removing was her body her and you know messing it okay. up. I guess there was only one real act of like making her a doll. But and then it was took,
1: just so but but it took Okay. I need to go back and be a lawyer. Okay. So not only could now I help him preserve this body longer, but mm-hmm. I could have all and have it smell delicious, but I yeah. could have also been the I guess the prosecutor. Cuting lawyer sure and you can do whatever you want to because be in this even world though it started seven years ago mm-hmm. it continued because it took him a couple years to do the wax and do the that didn't all take one year did it
0: he preserved her in like one scientific but he had act. to keep preserving her he yeah had to keep that up yeah i guess so he was only charged with the one act and <clears throat> it was all dismissed and this <laughs> I'm is the i'm w- really angry. Well, you're a lawyer. I'm a doctor. So oh, yeah. you're, that's us now. Yeah, okay. Lawyer and doctor present <laughs> gross love. I like this. And th- the worst part, in my opinion, is that when this started to get publicized, the public loved him. Because, and he, this story is still reported as Dr. Pines for his dead wife. Oh. That's how it's reported. Everyone's like, he's just hopelessly romantic oh. and he couldn't live without the woman of his, like, his love. That is not what this no. is. No. And articles about this guy still circulate. Like, around Halloween, it'll be on a lot of lists, and it's on, like, a cracked list and stuff like that. And a lot of them s- still say that she was just the love of his life, and he went mad with grief and did this to her. That is not true. <laughs> I feel like I feel like John's going to listen to this podcast when he's editing it
1: and be like, yeah, I get it. I love Leslie. <laughs> I get it. Don't die young. <clears throat> Keep me preserved. I'll show you how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Make sure that you soak the rags in essential oils, please. Yeah. God. Get it together. Especially with tea tree. That kills some bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> You're just helping psychopaths at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it probably won't work, guys. Probably not, but it might. It might. Upon inspection of his home, detectives... This is the crazy... <clears throat> in my opinion, this is the craziest part. Found a curious structure behind his house dubbed Elena's Airship. Now, I have pictures of this, too. Okay. It looks like a big plywood rocket ship. Oh. hmm And when he was asked about it, he, like, nonchalantly explains that he planned to fly Elena's body into space where it would be blasted with radiation and bring her back to life. <laughs> Those are quotes in papers and uh, medical documents.
1: I mean... Mm-hmm. yet yeah, nobody knew what space was like. Mm-mm. Maybe, I don't know why he thought radiation was out, out there, but... I don't know. Did they know about spaceships? Like, did they talk about
0: uh, spaceships then? I don't think so. I don't think they really did. I mean, really I'm sure did. that they talked I mean, about I'm what show was you out there, a but... pic This is what he thought would go into space.
1: Oh, wow. that's looks like something we... Well, it looks like a
0: cannon. It does look like a cannon.
1: But that looks like it would have been in... Um, Uh, What's that movie? The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, it does.
0: And now that I'm looking at it more, it doesn't look like it's wood. It looks like a lot of it is metal. It looks like an old uh, body of an airplane with, I don't know, what looks like an enormous pot lid, but it's something huge on the side of it as wheels and windows. Wow. Yeah. it's. I don't know. Nobody, there's not a lot of information on where he got the parts or how he made it, but he did, and it was out behind his house. And then they... They just, like, that was fine. They ignored that. He was mentally competent. Right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Poor Elena so fascinated the medical community and the public at large that she was put on display at the Dean Lopez funeral home and 6,800 people came to view the spectacle.
1: They That is terrible. I know. I know. Did their family get any money for this?
0: No. Mm-mm. I don't know that they even charged. They just put her on display and you could come and see her. That's... Oh, that makes me really sad. I know. It was a spectacle. There wasn't as much entertainment, I suppose, in the 30s. And that's... Did Carl visit her every day? He couldn't. He was locked up at (laughs) the time. But he did... Once he was released, he did ask for her body to be returned to him. They were like, hard no. You don't get her back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He was like, yeah, can I like just get that back, though? Because I put a lot of effort into it. Yeah worked really hard on oh, that. I did. Oh God. <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> so much. Gross. gross. Gross love. Gross love.
1: <laughs> Eventually, have to
0: work on I know. We're doing good. <laughs> Eventually Elena was returned to her family and they buried her in an unmarked grave so that Carl yeah. could never find her again. And probably nobody else. I imagine that like yeah. had people known where she was, they probably would have dug her up.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh for sure.
0: Oh I hate that thought, but it's true. Carl returned to Pasco County, Florida, where he bought a home near his estranged wife, Doris, who is still in play here. Okay. I know. Doris, inexplicably, I can't, I can't understand Doris at all. <laughs> she supported him for the rest of his life. What? Well, I know. But did she have, I mean. There's no documentation that she was legally obligated to. She just right. did. <laughs> Poor crazy Coral. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Maybe she was just tired and was like, whatever, just come home.
0: I mean, I (laughs) guess he was her children's father. Yeah. And maybe she was like, can you just maybe make guest appearances once a while as dad?
1: Well, but like you said, a lot of the public didn't see him as this horrible man. Mm -hmm. They actually felt sorry for him. They did. So maybe she would have felt, maybe people would have mocked her for not taking him in. Maybe. I don't know that
0: people knew she existed
1: because a lot of reports call Elena his wife. Right. 100% not his wife. I mean, I'm sure nobody knew she existed until after Mm -mm. he decided to be like,
0: I have a wife and kids. No, in the mid-40s, he wrote his autobiography. Oh, did he? Yeah. I don't know where one gets their hands on a copy of that. You haven't found it? No. It's apparently obviously crazy. It was like a Pulp Fiction novel. It it wasn't. It was out of Crazy Pants Brain. Yeah. I would love to find that. I know. Same. If you have a copy of Carl Tensler's autobiography, please... Listeners, Tell this us. is your first task. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already asking for things. I'm so needy. Oh, no. Go discover. <laughs> Carl survived until the age of 75. He passed away on July 3rd, 1952. And when he was discovered, he was holding onto a life size effigy he had made of Elena. So, a oh. big old doll, no real corpse, just doll. Wearing a death mask he had made of her, but like a plaster mold of her face that he had made of her after death. Some he love. was very crafty. Yeah, he sure was. <laughs> <laughs> Some love knows no limits, but maybe it should. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the sordid tale of Carl Tanzler. 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 <laughs> Sorry if I mispronounced any names. What was his
1: full name again?
0: His his birth certificate is just Carl Tansler. No, I know, but his... Oh, his, Count Carl his... von Kosel. Yes. <laughs> his death certificate said Count Carl Tansler von Kossel. Had all of it. All of it. Because why not? He's dead yeah. now. I'll give him all the names. Which seems exhausting to write. I know. That's why I just called him Carl the whole time. Yeah. Because accounts switch from name to name to name to name. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. That was, um, so
0: that... I mean, I guess it's still a love story, He did love her. He loved her. There is love involved in the story. Yeah. It just kind of evolves into obsession, and it's Mm -hmm. pretty one-sided. All right. So who
1: are we toasting to today?
0: I think we should toast
1: Elena's sister, Florinda. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the same thing, and the Neighbor Boys. (laughs) Don't forget about the Neighbor Boys. (laughs) If it wasn't for them, Florinda
0: may have never known about this. (laughs) I like that they're Southern now. Yeah. (laughs) That's a musical I would go see, Florinda and the Neighbor Boys. (laughs) sure oh that would be fantastic (laughs) that's the sequel that no one asked for (laughs) i'm asking for it all day but we're here to provide it for you great so we'll toast florinda because she was a badass who sought justice for her sister when no one else did and and the neighbor boys and and the
1: neighbor boys who saw it all happen in the window
0: (laughs) for for being creepy neighbor boys but then having that payoff yeah so (laughs) cheers to them cheers cheers so do you want to sign us off, Holly? I do indeed. If it were the late 1930s and we had tuberculosis, we, we would be dead. Be dead. <coughs> <coughs> oh, my lungs. Mm. But <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to the We Would Be Dead podcast. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. Rate and review our show on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Would Be Dead Pod. And join our Facebook group to discuss the podcast and more.
0: We need goats, and this guy has goats. <laughs> He had no goats, but a fake doctorate.